so we're back again for another episode of Seek Find. Um, today we have on the lovely Eastern Margins team. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, happy to be here. <laughs> um, so there's a few of you on today, so maybe you can all um, introduce yourselves and like say maybe what you do with Eastern Margins and like yeah, give us a bit of background on yourselves. Hi, I'm Anthony, uh, co-founder of Eastern Margins with Lumi back in 2017. Uh, for Eastern Margins, I am the creative director and handle our visual output and brand direction. Uh, but I'm actually originally um, trained as an architect. Hey, Lumi here. So I focus on the artist and music side of things, mainly programming, curation, production as well. Started... Easter margins with Ant back in 2018. Yeah, so so my name is Patrick, um, aka JDX. So I'm currently um, final year student at a university in London, and I also produce uh, as a producer and DJ under the same name JDX as well. I joined Easter Margins initially, I think, literally after they founded it back in 2018. Mm -hmm. um, I was in London trying to do something meaningful, essentially. And I've been with them for the past sort of three years. And now I'm just kind of, you know, sit down a little bit, but usually I manage our relationships uh, with artists and liaise with programming in China. And that's where I came from originally. And also I contribute quite a lot of creative ideas. So I come in as like a project on a project basis. And then basically just say a lot of random stuff, <laughs> generally be a waste, waste man, and then just tell people some ideas. Mm. That's it really. Great, yeah, and my name's Elaine. Um, you can also call me Easy. Um, so I'm probably like out of us four, the most recent one to join Eastern Margins about just over a year ago, probably. Um, but I, yeah, had heard of Eastern Margins from the start because I originally grew up in Hong Kong, so knew Ant from there, um, and then went to uni with Lumi, and yeah, really joined around a year ago because. That was at a point where um, Eastern Margins had already built up such a successful events platform. And uh, I'd spoken to Lumi about, because I used to work in content marketing, talking a bit more about deepening Eastern Margins editorial voice. We started like more long form interview series to tell more stories of our community through our tea house interviews. Um, and recently been working with Ant more on um you know, our, our sense of brand and brand identity and just, I think our next thing is really getting to know our audience a bit more in a, in a digital realm too. Um, but I do feel like at Eastern Margins, to be honest, like everyone helps out with everything as well. So um, yeah, really fun. Cool. Yeah. So wearing a lot of hats as well. So since 2018, like looking from then to now, we can definitely see a shift not only in like venues and like um, different community events and stuff going on, um, but maybe also with like sentiments online and stuff like that of like the shift, even within these last three years. Um, and yeah, what do you think are kind of the key factors in that? Like, why is the shift happening? Why now? And um, what can we do to to kind of continue bringing visibility to the the shift? Yeah, my kind of own thoughts on it is that this is a steady evolution of the way that this community has grown. 
I think we've grown as a community from lots of interaction between diaspora creatives of East and Southeast Asian descent, conversations between that community to a dialogue that is more connected to kind of our home countries and the actual geographical scenes in East and Southeast Asia themselves. And I think that's for a couple of reasons. Firstly, I think a lot of those scenes have started to open themselves up more to the Western world. Um, communication has really uh, increased these. So local scenes like the Jakarta and the Indonesian scenes and also Chinese scenes like Shanghai, Beijing have come online a lot more. And I think there's a lot more scope to have discussion between diaspora kids and the kids in those local communities. Like there's a couple of artists that we're working with at the moment, Killed by Kira and So Pretty, who are Canadian artists of Filipino descent. And their main collaborator, one of them is Billion Happy, who is based in China and is a rapper based in Shanghai. And I think that conversation is kind of really representative of kind of like the evolution of this community from one that's kind of just between diaspora creatives to one that's kind of between diaspora creatives and artists who are more based in East and Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Are, are there any other kind of things, maybe even just within like London that you've noticed that have been like big, big shifts? I think there's uh, there's London. I feel like has always been quite receptive and welcome to musicians and creatives putting on for their own backgrounds, putting on for their own heritage and culture. Uh, I I do think there is actually really recently, like we're talking in the last three to six months, a growing kind of sense of urgency around creatives of of east and southeast asian descent um representing their cultures more and their heritage more kind of as response actually to the increase in violence and racism that we're seeing in the uk in europe and north america i think you know a couple of years ago there were a lot of artists who thought along the lines like I don't want to be pigeonholed for my art. I don't want to be pigeonholed for my creativity. But I think that's, um, that's actually something that is a bit of a privilege um, if we don't make ourselves visible in this sense and if we don't make our heritage more visible in our creative practice. It's actually one of the few ways that we can kind of combat and address the racism that's grown in the UK and the West. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, actually, one thing I would also add that I'd be interested if anyone else in Eastern Margins disagrees, but I guess like another thing that I feel like is cool that I've seen happen um, more over the last few years too is basically people who aren't originally from East and Southeast Asian uh, descent participating in local scenes. Um, and I think that's like a cool shift because it's kind of moved from being like 
you know, we need to create the space to spotlight East and Southeast Asian artists to actually other people who are like, you know, American or English or just like not of that descent um, participating in those local scenes. So, for example, our recent live stream through the window where we had like MC Tingbudong, who was originally from New York and Harry Kiri, who like they they all I think MC Tingbudong doesn't live in, New, uh, in China now, but Harry Kiri does. Um, and yeah, so it's just really cool because it shows how the communities have expanded to not just focus so much on like race or ethnicity, but also just like general interest in those cultural influences. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess on that, you know, I, I think maybe more historically, you know, stuff like club music, electronic music and, you know, hip hop, dance music, etc. It's they're they're all sort of very much uh, Western imports you know, into into places like Asia, for example. You know, most of the uh, hip-hop scene, et cetera, that started in, in China and in Beijing and around the 90s was really kind of kicked off by, you know, foreign exchange students. So it's uh, really interesting to see how, you know, that, that sort of scene has kind of come to grow in its own and development of both homegrown talent and, you know, ex- more like international exchange, mm-hmm. et cetera. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I some of your projects uh, recently have been pretty interesting, and I was wanting to know a bit more about them, like the the postcards from China. Um, yeah, I would love to hear some history on that, and maybe a small intro on just like what prompted it, and um, yeah. Um, sh- sh- shall I take this? Yeah, one? go for it. Um- uh, cool. So, yeah, the Postcards from China project, it's um, sort of a, we were commissioned by Tong. Uh, it's a, you know, digital marketing agency, uh, creative agency that helps companies, you know, access the Chinese market. Um, so they invited us to come along and um, basically produce this uh, one-off podcast for the China-Britain Business Council's, I think, like, uh, Consumer Consumer Week mm-hmm. 2021. Um, so for us, it was a pretty interesting project, uh, cause, uh, you know, recently we've been trying to develop a more editorial side and also, you know, with our work, trying to provide a bit more, say, cultural context into the music, uh, that we're platforming. Um, so for us, it was a pretty great opportunity to reach out to different artists, um, in China, uh, that engage with either, you know, youth culture or underground music or the creative scene, uh, to kind of get their perspectives on it. Um, you know, w- which is great because some of these artists, uh, most of them we had worked with before, and, you know, kind of different capacities. So uh, it's fantastic to sort of get some of their perspectives, um, you know, from on the ground, really, and to have that um, kind of be put out to to something like a China Britain Business Council, um, you know, just to kind of give a bit more context for companies that want to say like open up in China, etc., or people that want to get to know what's going on. Um, so I think these, these sorts of projects have like a lot of, um, you know, value in it and something we're trying to kind of work towards, yeah, I think. Um, and you folks have done a lot with NTS in the past as well. Um, like different shows and stuff. Um, did you want to chat about that relationship at all? Hello? Yeah, sure. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I can chat a little bit about that. So 
NTS have been really, really supportive of everything we've done from the beginning. I think Eastern Margins originally the first sighting of what was to become Eastern Margins was back in 2017 when I kind of sent a very, very hopeful just like email to the NTS general email address. And I'm pretty eternally grateful that, you know, they picked it up and gave me like a a one-off show. And since then, we've kind of been growing with NTS as well. So we obviously have our regular monthly show with them where the remit is... I would say a bit more exploratory, like the format is always to have a guest mix or a guest contribution from an artist outside of our collective. And I think NTS these days is growing in popularity in the mainstream and it has a lot more visibility. And, you know, I think it's always sick when we can do like a a Funkot special which is something that like Aria organized. It's a form of like Indonesian club music, super influenced by like local EDM trends. It's it's super cool that we could do that and have it on at like 8 p.m. on a Friday. And mm. we're kind of like, in my head, I always think of it as, 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 as it's that like idea that someone somewhere in London could be getting ready for their night out and they could just switch on NTS and just hear like the sounds of Jakarta beam straight to them. And I think that's what we try and do with the NTS show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like uh, giving exposure to like, yeah, all of these like wonderful sounds from, from different parts. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, Yeah. And then maybe another question uh, on a different topic. Um, So you folks are, you know, keeping quite busy and like pre-COVID, you were putting on a, a number of events as well as doing all the, the digital stuff. Um, but a lot of you have jobs outside of this as well, like full-time jobs. Um, how do you find balance? And maybe if you want to share like what you do outside of this as well, um, does it tie in at all? Stuff like that. Maybe uh, Patrick can go first on this one because he is... Um always really 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 keen to tell us about his uh work outside of eastern margins <laughs> and how occupied it keeps him <laughs> i don't even do much work but yeah he, but he's the busiest man in London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely definitely I'm, I'm not even that busy i'm just uh i'm just a lazy <laughs> kid to be honest um so but yeah i'll start so um, basically i am the i am the youngest member of eastern margins by definition and I'm still at uni. Uh, to be specific, I'm studying economics at the London School of Economics. I'm in my final year now. So kind of, this is kind of my uni experience throughout. So basically, when I was, yeah, the Zoomer, nice. <laughs> so uh, when I was basically kind of starting out doing EM, it was very much like whenever I have time outside of work, outside of my study, and because ma- everything was kind of mainly surrounding putting out like offline events so everything was quite easy because you only have to be really busy for i'll say like three weeks leading up to it with a lot of promotion scheduling coming through a lot of coordination tasks and actually picking up like the hardware technical aspects as well so i was doing a bit of that before 
And other than that, we still have like a weekly meeting back then um, on a Sunday offline and where we just discuss like where to take everything from there. That was when I was kind of more, I'll say when I was definitely more involved because just generally had more time. But I mean, like the journey has been really good because like the team is really understandable about my commitment and how much I can input. They've been really flexible with everything. And right now I'm, you know, focusing on my finals, trying to graduate and at the same time balloting this and a part-time job and also looking for a full-time job and looking for potential postgraduate opportunities is definitely difficult. And in the middle of a pandemic as a final year student. So like yeah. I definitely had, I'll say a, a difficult, difficult year, but I always think Eastern Margins as the best sort of creator output I have, because obviously when I'm in uni, when I'm doing my part-time work, it's very much, it, it's a bit, it's a bit mono, like nothing else is really happening. You kind of think in the same way, strongly anal- analytical, but this has really opened up to a different perspective of having my creative output and actually expressing my creative energy. So it's been great, really. Yeah. I I, I think for a lot of us, and myself especially, our creative practices are really inseparable from our day jobs and the kind of need to make ends meet in some other ways. I think maybe this is like a really slightly like London or UK mentality, but I think some of the best, some of the best music and some of the best art is created in quite incidental spaces um, where you're not afforded the luxury of having all the time to create and having your self-focus being creativity. Um, I think it forces you to approach music and approach art in a slightly different way, in a much more like practical and a much more urgent way. And I think that's maybe reflected in the output that we do as Easter Margins. Like what we do is definitely much more on kind of like the bootleg, quick side of creative practices. I always think it's like, it's better to get an idea out um, rather than to refine it until it is 1000% perfect. And maybe that's that's just like one way of um the one way that people express themselves but i think we as eastern margins probably definitely lean a bit more towards that side of things mm. yeah definitely i mean it's there's something to be said sometimes for not um sitting on something for too long um or or being able to Maybe not overthink it, I suppose. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah. And and what about everyone else? Like, uh, you know, of course, like uh, I know that everyone's got their hands in many pots, but just whatever you feel like sharing. Um. Yeah, I'm happy to go next. So. Um, my day job, I work in business development at a climate action NGO. Um, so yeah, definitely pretty different from Eastern margins, but like, uh, I just basically echo everything Patrick was saying in that like time constraints, it, it's such a shame because it's like, I would love to be able to give more of my time, um, to Eastern margins. Cause it's definitely the most fun kind of like interesting part of like the different projects, but 
yeah, similarly to Patrick studying, like I've just started an MBA too. So it is like a big, um, it, it can be hard to balance everything, but yeah, like I think the good thing actually about Eastern Margins now having, I think it's like seven of us as like full-time mm-hmm. members, um, is that everyone, like Patrick was saying, is really understanding and like we just kind of have to make it work with everyone else's schedules to work out who is actually free to push a project forward, especially because, yeah, to Lumi's point, I think sometimes what's really helpful is because we're working with so many external collaborators at the moment, um, we are a little bit beholden to their deadlines too. And that makes us internally be a bit more like, okay, we can do this. We just need to like make it work and be more efficient with how we're planning Mm -hmm. things. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what, what do you think Tabitha? Because you quite recently also had, uh, well, you, you have, you always have so many creative projects on at any one time and you also pretty recently still fully employed right um i i kind of take on different projects at different times so like i've i've had some contract projects where i'm working full-time hours um right now i'm on kind of like a a semi-sabbatical but still working on a couple projects including some for, for eastern margins but um yeah i think having a full-time job can actually be really freeing sometimes. Like the, when I was working at Zalando uh, a little while ago as like a full-time employee, um, I actually found that I could concentrate better on my personal projects because like all of the, you know, financial stuff of like how I'm going to make an income, how I'm going to like, um, survive and all that stuff that stress was completely taken off of the creative output that I was making and I think that um during that time I actually really challenged myself quite creatively um and so perhaps that's also something something here as well where like not having that pressure of eastern margins perhaps being like um the bread and butter of of supporting all of you probably makes it a lot better and more fun as well. Yeah, definitely. You can, in some ways, you can afford less compromises creatively yeah, because exactly. you can focus on what engages you and what really speaks to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think that's actually such a good way of putting it because I guess it's like, even though maybe we have to compromise on time, um, I do feel like everything that Eastern Margins does is because we really want to do it. And like, it's, it, I, I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword because on the one hand, it's like, oh my God, okay, we're doing this project. We're not going to make any money from it. And realistically, it would be good to make some money, which might enable other projects. But to be honest, I feel like we've gotten this far on just like pursuing things that we really want to do. And I guess that keeps the interest and motivation very like pure and clear as well. It, it does raise an interesting point, one which like I think about a lot definitely, which is about cultural and financial sustainability, which is for a lot of us in this ecosystem and community, we it's difficult to see a path where we can create stuff that we're interested in that we find really engaging and 
sustain ourselves doing that. And as I'm, as I'm sure you experience as well, Tabitha, it's, it's a constant balancing act between working on things that engage you and working towards a creative portfolio that you think could be something that sustains you in the long term. And I think especially in music as well, I, I, I'm not of the opinion that streaming platforms like Spotify or Apple Music are necessarily the sole problem, but the way that they have commoditized music obviously plays into a role um, into how sustainable our kind of creative ecosystems are. Like if you can get the whole of recorded music worldwide for a £12 a month subscription, what does that mean for the individual uh, value of music? Uh, so it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. And I'm really inspired by some of the developments in this field this year, like especially Tabitha with what you've done around mm. NFTs in particular, maybe it's optimistic, but maybe that could be a paradigm shift into moving us into a way where our communities can be a bit more self-sustaining, both financially and culturally mm -hmm. yeah definitely um yeah it's interesting to think about like compromises uh in general versus like staying true and and um while still staying sustainable and stuff like that maybe kind of following up on that then um what are some of the future goals for for eastern margins like it, even broader than than going into the like NFT direction and, and even broader than just like um, some more like sustainability in that way. Yeah, I, I think maybe this is a slightly utopian vision, but with Eastern Margins, what I would love to take it is in three, five years for us to have built some kind of ecosystem where creatives like yourself, Tabitha, and other artists that we work with can focus on your creative practice. And there's a strong and sustainable community built around Eastern margins that can support each other financially and support each other skill-wise and support each other creatively. And we're kind of seeing, hopefully seeing the seeds of it now, you know, we're kind of sowing the seeds of collaboration across different mediums and different artists of different disciplines. Um, but hopefully we can broaden out that conversation uh, to involve more people into this community so that it can get to a point where hopefully the community can kind of um, sustain itself and we don't need to necessarily look to outside sources to dictate what we work on or to influence what we work on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Keeping like the autonomy and the the kind of intentions that you've set like true to those those yeah. intentions as well. A autonomy yeah. is a great word because I think for collectives like ourselves who we're focused on representing a specific culture or a mm -hmm. collection of cultures 
uh, not in the native environment. Like our frame of reference is always with regards to kind of like a outsider's perspective. It's how do we represent East and Southeast Asian culture to people who are not necessarily well-versed in East and Southeast Asian culture. That's something we always think about. And, you know, with Eastern margins, the utopian vision would be we would almost get to a point where we become redundant in that the conversation and the dialogue around that culture and the community is so strong that we don't need to have this um, outsider's perspective of how do we convey and communicate this to someone from the outside. Our community is self-sufficient that the conversation and the dialogue can sustain itself from within. Like that's uh, that's quite a lofty ambition. Um, mm. I think it's pretty conceptual, at least in my head, <laughs> but hopefully that makes some sense. Yeah, I think so. And like from an outsider perspective, I think as well, um, I mean, even maybe from like a, a personal note, like I, I don't speak Cantonese, you know? And so there's like a, a part of my culture that I can't access in certain ways um, that like my family can access and stuff like that. But um, especially being out here um, as like an, an immigrant in Germany, um, having communities like this, I think is very important and like really, it feels homey in that way, um, which is nice. A hundred percent. And I think even like sharing a similar background to you, like my Mandarin today is still not great. Um, and it was even worse, like five to 10 years ago. But I think there is a increase in propensity and appetite for people uh, from kind of our like our home heritage, our home countries to have a dialogue on like a creative level because their their scenes have kind of matured to a point where it's possible to have more of like a fruitful um, creative collaboration and discussion. Um, and Patrick is... JDX is a great example of that. Like coming from coming from Shenzhen to China, uh, sorry, from Shenzhen to the UK um, mm. five plus years ago, and now kind of seeing the return where Shenzhen has arguably an electronic music scene to rival London's. I don't know, JDX, if you wanna if you wanna speak anything to that and kind of give your perspective on what it's like this dialogue and this. Uh, evolution between your like home scene in Shenzhen and what you've experienced in the UK yeah definitely I mean like what's really happened sort of in the past I think everything as I was saying kicked off back in 2018 uh, well in 2017 they had this amazing club in Shenzhen called Oil and that's when everything sort of started back home and it was interesting for me because at that time I was going to school and I was coming back and forth from the UK to Shenzhen quite a lot. And you can really see the sort of, as Lumi was saying, the conversation happening. It's, it's, it's amazing to sort of go back. From, I literally learned about, take drum and bass for an example. 
I learned about the sort of genre during my time here. And I was really like surprised. I was like, wow, like this is um, something new for me. And then immediately when I flew back to Shenzhen, they were putting out drum and bass events the whole time. Like it, it just set through so quickly because of the sort of conversation and the dialogue that's been happening and how much music can actually bring people together and how much music can actually travel through time, travel through space. And it's, it's crazy because in Shenzhen, we have all these like amazing artists that are playing tunes that are amazing DJ that are being there for the whole time involved in the community. And in turn, like we've had them on the NTS show here in London as well. And we always want to make sure that as much as that kind of the UK culture or the Western culture is going into China or going into, you know, um, East Asia or Southeast Asia, we always kind of want, we're the kind of the channel that's been putting things back into the Western world. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's so great about Eastern Margins because we're, we're the backward channel that sort of taking whatever's great and having already the scene, local scenes in China has sort of adapted their own take on this um, Westernized sound. Mm -hmm. And we're, you know, giving them a spin-off and a platform for them to come back to the UK. It's like a constant sort of, you know, improvement that's been happening. And um, it was really like fascinating for me to see coming back and forth quite a lot. I mean, I still keep in touch with a, a lot of artists in, in China and we always want to sort of build like a strong relationship with all the artists in our community so that whenever these conversations should happen, they, they need to happen. Yeah, definitely. Like a, a feedback loop. That's a... Yeah, literally, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a feedback loop. Yeah. Um, and maybe um, before I head into the, the last few questions, like um, a question I ask every episode is, is what are you seeking? Um, and you can answer it anyway. It's just what, what, what am I seeking? Uh, Eastern margins, but you, you all can answer if you have something individually you want to say as well. Um, I guess I'll, I'll start. I guess the um, the thing that I'm still seeking and I have been seeking is a really strong represent representation and a platform still in the West. I mean, like, we're, we're still really small communities comparatively to other communities in, you know, in London or in the UK. Um, we want to be able to be at, at least for me, like, I want us to be able to be at the stage where we're very much, um, like, leveled at least and have that representation out um so that people can actually have a, a good enough or big enough platform to showcase all these amazing sounds and essentially having dialogues like locally within the uk to get people to know us and to know other collectives we have been able to do so for sure um such as the events we did with kipash um, quite a long time ago before lockdown and we still have um, a lot of things coming up and i think sort of just watch the space and see how we can grow. Mm -hmm. But that's for me. Yeah, uh, I think that question, you know, what are you seeking is pretty interesting. I guess, you know, for me personally, when we started out and I think still now, what, what I was seeking is a sort of reconnection of what's going on back home. Like, uh, you know, I, I moved to the UK uh, when I was 13, but my parents are still there and a lot of my family. So, um, I think in a sense it's quite 
it's a great way for me to try and reconnect to culture from what's going uh sorry reconnect to the sort of culture um that's coming out today in hong kong and you know other places mm -hmm. in the region um and uh you know i think when i was studying at university uh i studied architecture and my my last couple of years were looking into you know exploring what is you know uh you know in terms of architecture what, what's a contemporary uh chinese identity in a sense so i think it's something that i've uh been trying to been trying to continue exploring through our work at eastern margins as well um the sound has gone off can mm -hmm. you still hear me yeah uh, okay cool um yeah so i uh, i think that's that's pretty much all, all i had to say on that yeah mine's quite similar as well to everyone really um but it's more like just to um just just to have fun really for me like this this whole thing is just like ultimately you know because i i love it and it's fun and i do things for fun as well and it's like um you know just because you know some some shit here can be a bit boring but then if you're like you can play like sounds from like back home that like oh man it's like popping back home and it's like fuck this is so amazing but then I'm, I'm not there and then like you try to replicate that here you know that type of fun that i can't have because like you know i can't just fly home and go to a party then on the weekend um and no but just to do it here instead so that's that's kind of why i decided to join as well because you know it's like just to be brave and authentic and, and just do it on our own terms you know like no need to like dilute a lot of things because even like as you know before i joined eastern margins you know i was sort of djing as well and as a DJ, sometimes like, you play certain venues and certain, or with certain promoters, um, that sort of kind of, you know, tell you to tone down or just, to, you know, play certain types of sound. It's kind of like, you know, that kind of restrictions kind of suck. Um, so, but with, with Eastern Rangers, you just can, you know, just do, you know, whatever we like, you know, that's, that's true to ourselves, you know, that's like, that's kind of like how things are as well back home. So that's that's sick, and that's the sick. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I guess to add on to that, it's interesting because um, oh, can you hear me? Hello. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry, I just cut as well. But um, yeah, it's interesting because like, so recently we've been doing a lot of kind of internal Eastern margins discussions about. Um, our identity as a collective and we kind of picked out some main points that or themes that you know we all felt really strongly around um, as a platform and collective existing to create a safe space for ourselves and the Asian diaspora um, to be unashamedly authentic connect through culture and defy the stereotype of a homogenous and uncreative Asian identity um, and I think yeah as we've said a lot of progress has been made but as has been the case or like resurged recently with all the kind of anti-Asian racism, um, you know, clearly there's some way to go. And I think on our side, what's really exciting is that trying to like curate or spotlight or, you know, give exposure to all this amazing creativity coming out of, or like inspired by South, um, by East and Southeast Asian musical influences. 
Um, it's so easy for us to do that. Like there's so many, like there's so much cool stuff happening and like echoing Patrick's or JDX's point about Shenzhen, you know, and, and I grew up in Hong Kong, like now more than ever, I'm like, what the hell? Like none of this like amazing music scene existed when we were growing up and it's all like we're in London, but it's all about like looking to Asia. Um, so yeah, I think definitely like really exciting um way to go still yeah definitely um yeah and then i guess um if uh going from there like are there any things that you folks want to um kind of promote that are coming up Got the new EP by Primila, um, producer from Japan, came out last week. Um, check it out. <laughs> Bandcamp, SoundCloud, Woo! Spotify, all of them once. <laughs> well, we've got plenty more. Yeah, stuff. yeah. I know. I know you folks are always like cooking up so much stuff. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's, that's that's the latest uh, shameless plug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, well yeah we'll all keep an eye out then um onto your your instagram account um your soundcloud as well um yeah another and, can i can i sneak in another quick plug <laughs> please please do we, we have a live stream coming up on the 9th of may with our good friend alex for the publication of her new book small gods uh it's a live stream centered around the theme of the book which is about the mythology of drones so drone as voyeur drone as uh ever-present non-sentient being different perspectives really cool book uh published at the end of april check the book out as well and on the live stream we have four really really amazing artists uh commissioned around that theme we have lawrence leck Broad 2.2, Isla Tong, and Stephanie Comelan, um, which will be, yeah, really interesting. It'll be on our Twitch and it will be on Sunday 9th of May. So, yeah, check it out when it comes. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then won't go into detail about these upcoming events because they are unannounced, but we do have partnerships with, you know, working with Meishi Smile, um, Eaton from Hong Kong, as well as Boiler Room. So definitely going to be a busy summer. Um, and yeah, check Amazing. it out. Cannot wait. Um, yeah. Thank you again so, so much for all coming on here and yeah, sharing what you do, sharing um, what Eastern Margins is all about. And yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you, Tabitha. Loved it. Thank yeah, you. thank you so yeah, much. Thank you so much. Yeah. My pleasure. We're big fans <laughs> of yours as well. Yeah, yeah. Really, <laughs> thank you. Much a pleasure. <laughs> okay.